real man worship. That's why God loved David. He was a real man. He wasn't a punk like you. You can't handle a little pressure when a baby comes. You can't buy milk and handle diapers. You can't pay light bill and water bill. You want to abandon the woman. You ain't no man. Oh, don't get me excited now. Oh, I'm supposed to be giving the women today. I'm sorry. Hang on, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. Don't worry. I'm going to get there. <laughs> men say real man worship real. say it loud real man worship one more time real man give the Lord a hand you learn that you make sure you be in church before your wife <laughs> sitting on the front row of every church service from now on should be all the men kids to worship service you lead them in the service lift your hands and show your wife how to do it and if you got a girlfriend you tell her right away if you don't want to go to worship with me you can't be with me I'm talking to the brothers now if she don't want to go to church with you brother you better leave her out of your life <laughs> real man worship God loved David because he was a worshiper. He loved Abraham because everywhere Abraham stopped, he built an altar. What's an altar? A worship setter. The guy loved to worship. Moses, I mean, Moses told God, I don't care what you do. If your presence don't go with me, I ain't going. That's a real man. A real man says, I don't gonna go without your presence. A real man worship. Now, so God has a man, watch this, he has a male. The male is in his image, he's in his presence, he's working, <laughs> he's cultivating, he's protecting, and he knows the word. Everybody got it? He's in his image, he's in his presence, he's working, he's cultivating, and he knows the word, and he's protecting. Everybody got it? Are you sure? Now, this is an important man. Christ says, got to go back to the beginning man. Who's the beginning man? He knows his image, he's in God's presence, he's working, he's cultivating, he can protect, and he knows the word. Then God says, next verse, it's not good for this man to be alone. So the only man that shouldn't be alone is a man who knows his image, who's in God's presence, who's working, can cultivate you, can protect you, and can teach you the word. That means if a man doesn't know who he is, is not in God's presence, cannot cultivate you, cannot protect you, cannot teach you God's word, it is good for that man to be alone. So then God says it's good for this man not to be alone, to be all by himself, to be all in one. So God went inside the man and pulled out a, another man and he built this one and made it a wombed man. So now we have a man with a womb. So she's called a wombed man. They're both man, but this one has a womb. Then God took the womb man. Listen carefully, ladies. And if you read the Bible, you've got to be careful how you read the Bible. Don't read into the Bible. Read out of the Bible. The Bible says he brought her to the man and presented her to him. Now, the, the Hebrew language here is very interesting. God did not bring Adam a wife. God never told Adam 
even make him a wife. He said, I'd make him a helper, suitable for him, not a wife, just a helper. Someone to help him carry out his dominion responsibility. The word there is present. Present in Hebrew means to parade before, which means that God will never choose your mate. He'll just parade people in front of you. You've got to make the choice. Uh-oh. Now, we've been taught by many people, well, the Lord chose my spouse. The Lord, now, listen, you think the Lord is that stupid? If God chose your mate, then you could blame him for everything that's wrong in your marriage. No, it says God presented her to the man. He paraded her in front of him. And that's why God never touches the choice. You choose who you want to marry. Your mom says you make your bed and you sleep in it, right? Sure. In other words, whoever you marry, that was your choice. Now there's some ladies walking around here with some funny ideas. They want a prophetic word about their husband, you know. But the Lord told me, brother, you're supposed to marry me. That's a lie. Well, the Lord said to me in a dream last night that when I see a man come into church today with a green tie and a red pants, that'll be the one. And then ten guys show up in green ties and red pants. See, these funny things we go through, see? It's a lie. <laughs> if God chose your spouse, he would violate your will. And if God could choose without your involvement, then tell me this. Which is more important, salvation or marriage? Salvation, obviously, is eternal. And yet God can't choose your salvation. He died for you, went to hell for you, rose again. He has the power of death, hell, and the grave. He's the right hand of power. And he says, now whosoever will, you still got to choose to be born again. He can't born you again without your permission. So if God can't choose your salvation, which is eternal, how dare you think you'll choose your marriage, which is temporary? So stop the spooky stuff, especially the ladies. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me that you were going to be my husband. I'm already married. Now what do you do when that happens? And I've had problems like this in my counseling sessions. God doesn't choose your mate. When God pre pre presented that woman, paraded her before Adam, if you read the Bible carefully, God didn't speak. Adam started talking. <laughs> and Adam said, whoa, man, God has a good name. <clears throat> Adam said in Genesis chapter 2, he says, this is bone just like my bone, the structure. And flesh like my flesh. There's no hair on her like the animals I know. No scales, no feathers. Flesh just like mine. Her structure. I've never seen a creature standing upright. Monkeys can't do it. They gotta always be like this, you see? So I'm not their cousin because they don't walk like me. They walk like this. That cancels evolution, all right? Finish. That finished, all right. And Adam says, I've never seen an animal with structure like mine, upright. Bone just like my bone. Flesh just like my flesh. I will call her wound man because she's the man taken out of me who has a wound. Then the next verse, Adam began to prophesy. 
he never should have prophesied. And Adam said, for this cause, God, I think God blew his mind when he saw that lady. He says, for this cause should a man leave anybody. He was talking to who? Talking about his father God. He said, for this cause should a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto this thing, his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. What kind of woman is this woman? Let's talk about the woman, then we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> All the men sit up straight and smile. It's going to be your time now. The woman that came out of Adam. Now, I'm going to give you a list up on the board. You can write them down real quick. The man is a spirit. The woman is a spirit. Remember, they're both man. The man has no gender because he is spirit. The woman has no gender because she's a spirit. In other words, spirits have no gender. There's nothing in the Bible referring to a male or female spirit. So every female in here has a man on the inside, a spirit being. Number three, the man, the spirit man, have God's nature. The woman is also a man. She's got God's nature. Fourthly, the man is eternal. That's a spirit. Spirits cannot die. The man and the woman is also eternal. The man is the glory of God, the nature of God. The woman is the glory of God, the nature of God. The man is the image of God. The woman is the image of God. So all of, spiritually, they are all equal. By the way, if you don't believe in women preaching, then here's a solution. <laughs> Close your eyes and listen. Let the man preach. If the house disturbs you, then close your eyes so you can't see the house. And let the resident preach. You'll get it when I'm gone. <laughs> By the way, I've heard ministers say, I don't believe in women preaching. Women shouldn't be in the ministry. My problem with that is simple. Who did Jesus leave the world in the hands of? A woman. <laughs> you missed it. The church is not a man. The church is a woman. And he said to the woman, go into all the world and well, I'll leave that there. You can deal with that. <laughs> so every man in here is a part of a woman who's preaching. It's quiet. Okay. Read the word. Deal with it yourself. You see, inside this female is a man. She's a spirit being. That's why the male and female are equal but different. What makes them different is their bodies the house they live in. Now this female is unique. Let's see the difference between the male and female and see what kind of woman you need to marry. First of all, the male is dirt. Let's get the word humus from. And the female is dirt. She's taken out of the man and God built her out of the man. The female, like the male, is physical. They're not spirit. They are physical. The man on the inside is spirit. 
but the body is physical dirt. Thirdly, the male is sensual, the female is sensual. In other words, the bodies operate on senses. Fourthly, the male is the temple of the spirit. Well, the female is the temple of the spirit. Fifthly, the male must be managed. Well, the female must also be managed. These bodies need to be controlled by us, managed. Got no problem with that. Well, here's the difficulty now. The male was placed in the garden first. The female was presented to the male in the Eden second. In other words, the female met the man in the garden. The issue is this. You should always marry a man who you meet in the garden. Meet a man in the presence of the Lord, you can't go wrong. You don't go out of the presence of the Lord to find a man and try to get him back in the presence of the Lord. She met Adam in Eden. Secondly, the male was given work first. She was created to help him work. Number four, the man was given the word first. But she was not given the word directly, which means that she was supposed to be the recipient of the word through the male. And fifthly, he was given an assignment first. She was assigned to dominate with him, which means she's also a dominator. Well, here comes the difficulty. The male is the responsible head. Head doesn't mean better. It means responsible. The female was sent to help him. She's a helper. Secondly, the male is the provider. He is the source. She's supposed to be the incubator. Thirdly, he's the cultivator. She's supposed to be the producer. Fourthly, he is the giver. She's supposed to be the receiver. He's a protector. She's supposed to be the encourager. He's a developer. She's supposed to be the nurturer. He is the source of the, as a teacher. She's supposed to be the resource, the one who gives the commands after she learns them from her husband. I'm moving quickly for a reason. She, he is the teacher, but she is the prophetess. Now let me explain what a female is supposed to be. Let's go down the list. First of all, a female is supposed to be a helper. In other words, a woman in the beginning was a woman who was designed by God and equipped by God to help a, a male fulfill the assignment that God put him in, in, in his life to do, his vision. So a woman is not a one who comes to destroy what the man's vision is. You don't want to marry a woman who comes to tell you how to run your life. All right, let me explain this another way. You don't marry a man and then try to dictate how he's supposed to live. Ladies, you're quiet. All the men say amen. It's your turn now, so sit up straight and take it. God says, I will make for him a what? A helper. Now, a helper is not the one who runs the show. You don't want a woman. See, the reason why marriages don't work is because we got a monster. A monster is any creature with two heads. A wise woman helps her husband achieve. Oh boy. A good woman studies her husband. You all better write this stuff down. A good woman studies her husband and she constantly she doesn't, now listen carefully, there's a difference. She doesn't irritate him. She doesn't 
criticize him, secret lady, what a real woman does is she keep asking him questions. She tries to find out what his dream is, what his vision is, what his desires are. Her, her goal is to study him. Uh, honey, what do you want to do in the next 10 years? Sweetheart, what do you see us coming to in the next 20 years? Honey, how do you see us developing in our children? What do you see the future of our home is? Baby, can you tell me? Uh, what do you see for the business? Uh, you have any ideas? What are you going to do with You're going to stay in this job forever? Or what, what are you going to think about this? What are you gonna, keep asking him questions. Why? You want to get his vision. Most women come home. Where you been? How come you ain't doing nothing? Oh, lazy thing, you. We ain't going nowhere. Where we going with our family? What's wrong with you? You just like my daddy. You worse than my daddy. That's a stupid woman. A woman from the beginning is a helper. And you can't help somebody who you don't know the assignment. <laughs> Even if your husband is not the ideal man, you are supposed to help him become that. Maybe he doesn't know the Bible like you, but don't sit down and say, well, let's have devotions. And then you say to him, why can't you find Corinthians? You're not helping the guy. You are demeaning his ego. You're destroying his pride. No wonder why he doesn't have devotions anymore. He's supposed to buy him a Bible with the little tabs on the outside. Come on, somebody. You got to help him. When he can't find it, tell him, honey, I know you could. I, I'm going to wait till you find it, baby, because I don't know where it is myself. Just go right ahead, baby. You can find Corinthians. Come on, honey. I know you know. Ah, you got it, baby. Yes, sir. Now let's go to chapter 6, baby. Yeah, I know you can read this now, baby. And I'm going to believe everything you say, baby. Help the man. All the men say right on. The Bible says that a woman builds her house with her hands, but tears it down with her mouth. All the men say, mm-hmm. So women, if you want to be blessed, just shut up. I've got to stop. My time is just about gone. <laughs> All the men say, help me. Don't kill me. You are supposed to be a helper. Now let me tell you something about helping. Watch this. The Holy Spirit is called the very same thing a woman is called. He's called the paracletus, which means one who comes alongside to help. Paraclete, Jesus called him comforter, paraclete. So the Holy Spirit does not take over your life. He never does. He always comes to help you do what you are doing. That's why it's not a, prepper, a proper prayer for you to pray for the Holy Ghost to take over a meeting. He wouldn't do it. That's an insult to him. He's not built to take over a meeting. If you don't plan, he has nothing to do. So men, what you got to make sure you do is make sure the woman that comes into your life, you have a plan for your life before she comes. Because you see, a woman comes loaded. A woman comes with equipment ready to help. 
She got intuition. She got intelligence. She got wisdom. She got insight. She got sensitivity. She's got power. She's got incubation. She got all this anointing. And she comes, and she comes into your life to help you. But if you ain't doing nothing, she can't help you do nothing. Sit down, ladies. I'm not getting rid of you yet. Now, some women come into man's life, and the men are doing something. But she is so possessed with her own importance that she believes that what she's doing is more important than what she meets him doing. And now she wants to tell him to forget what he's doing and try to do what she's doing. That's usurping authority over a man. Stop it, ladies. Men, make sure you have a vision before you invite a woman into your life. But women, if you meet a man with a vision, don't create two visions in the house. Submit your vision to his vision. Write the word vision down, please. V-I-S-I-O-N. Now write the prefix down. Die. D-I. The prefix die means two. T-W-O. Two. Now put die in the front of vision. What do you get? Division. What's division? Two visions in the same place. That means if a woman comes with her own vision and doesn't submit to the man's vision, you got division. That's the word for divorce. So don't come with your bank account and tell your husband, I'm going to have my own bank account. No, no, no. The family is a business. And you put all the resources in the same place. And then if you decide as a company to divide the account, you do it as a company. Don't come there with your own private secret vision. Oh, I need some time to teach you on this stuff. <laughs> you see, we, we got this idea that what is mine is mine, what is yours is yours. That ain't family, that's division. <laughs> the woman is a helper, not a destroyer. Secondly, ladies, you are a producer. When a man cultivates you, you, you produce things. If a man gives you a sperm, you produce a child. If a man gives you a home, you produce a, a beautiful house to live in. If a man gives you groceries, you produce a meal. You are a producer. And sometimes we produce things that ain't good for the man. <laughs> a woman is also, very important word, an incubator. God designed the female to be an incubator. Her whole body is incubation. An incubator is... It's something that gives life to everything. If whatever you give an incubator, it gives it life and it gives it back to you. Whatever you give an incubator, it multiplies, it gives it back to you. That's why women must be careful what they listen to and who they listen to and what they hear. Because women incubate everything. If you give a woman a word, she gives you a sentence back. If you give her a sentence, you get a paragraph. You know I'm speaking the truth. If you give her a paragraph, you're going to get yourself a book. If you give a woman one sperm, you're going to get a sperm back. She's going to give it life, multiply it, and give you what? A baby? Millions of sperms. <laughs> you give her a house, no problem. She'll give you a home. She makes it beautiful. She multiplies it. Gives you a beautiful home. You give her groceries in the bag, 
She gives you a meal. <laughs> you give her frustration. She multiplies it and gives you hell. She incubates everything. So if you give a woman gossip, you know, when the Bible talks about gossip, it usually refers to the female. You wonder why, huh? And why is it that a woman destroys with her mouth? Because a woman keeps multiplying stuff. So women, if you want to be a good wife, make sure you receive the right stuff. Because whatever you receive, you're going to multiply, remember, and you're going to give it to your husband. So if you're on the phone talking all day to a woman who's divorced and you're not, if you talk to women whose marriages ain't working all the time, and they keep talking to you, he's going to get into your womb, and then your husband come back, and you start speaking negative and suspicious things to your husband, when in fact you were receiving that junk from your friend on the phone. No wonder why Peter says, women, be like Sarah, live a quiet life, have a quiet spirit, don't be noisy, don't be gossipers, why? Because whatever you receive, you dump on your husband. Watch those soap operas you're watching all the time. You're an incubator. You produce what you keep listening to. A man is a protector. A woman is an encourager. This is very important. The female at the beginning, Adam had a woman who was his helper. When a man begins to share his dream with you, you need to encourage him. You ever heard of a man talk his vision to his wife and she says, that's impossible, you? You ain't got no education. You don't have the right contacts. You don't have the right associations. You don't have the right personality. And by the time she's finished with him, his dream is dead. She's supposed to be a helper. Supposed to encourage the man, even when it seems impossible. If anyone's supposed to cheer her on, it's supposed to be her. Most men are afraid to go home. So they stop at the pub. They spend hours with the brothers who encourage them to build their courage up to go home to face the one who destroys them. You wonder why your husband won't come home much and he comes home after you sleeping? It's safe then. This ain't funny. Some of you wondering, sometimes you wonder why your husband likes to be in church all the time. Church is safe. Some men work late because home is too dangerous. No encouragement home. Where you been? Why you late? Why you wear that shirt? I don't like them shoes. Why your hair so bald? What's going on with your life? Why are you so stupid? You're just like your daddy. You're just like your brother. Just, and by the time the guy is finished, let me get out of here. So Peter says, go on the roof and sleep. supposed to make your home such a comfortable place that he can't wait to get home. All the men say amen. 
Sometimes the most dangerous place for a husband is his house. Because all he hears is negative, discouragement. I tell you, a good woman makes a man find it hard to go to work in the morning. He runs to the door, runs back to her, runs to the door, and say, honey, you just make it so hard. He runs to the car, he drives down the street, he reverses back home, comes back, he goes to the work, says, I'll be right back, y'all, goes back home. That's how you gotta make him, make it hard for any woman to stop him on the way. My wife is a dangerous woman, man. Ladies, you ain't got a chance with this handsome guy. You ain't got a chance. My wife do me so good that when I see you, you don't exist. My home is my haven. I can't wait to get home. She makes the home so safe from all the pressure out there. Encourager. A woman is a receiver. That means women always want what they see. She's built to receive, huh? <laughs> now, ladies, listen carefully. You are a receiver by design. That's why God created malls. Shopping centers were made for women, not for men. Now, this means that a woman, whatever she sees, she desires. So a woman never have enough pair of shoes anywhere in the house. She, she sees another one, she wants that. She sees another one, she wants uh, dresses, she wants them all. She drive past the house, I want that baby. I want a house just like that. You can't afford it, but she wants it. Now ladies, this creates a problem. If you notice in the book of Proverbs 31, it says something about that noble woman. It says, she doesn't cause her husband to go after sport.